0: What is the game of the year awards though, right? You got the best of the best developers and people are voting. The fans are voting. The companies are voting for what they think is the greatest thing that happened that year in gaming, right? So you got the best of the best developers. You got, you got the voice actors and voice actresses and all these people that are really talented at what they do. And then you have the coveted game of the year. It's the biggest thing I did not agree I know there's gonna be some shots fired. I did not agree with Elden Ring winning. Okay. So put put in the chat what your favorite game of the year was. I'm actually not gonna put it in chat because I, I know I'm gonna have shots fired at me on YouTube later on when this goes up on YouTube. So you know what? I'm just gonna leave it there. If you guys wanna know, you can personal message me in Discord or something like that. But I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave it at that. But there's all sorts of other things that they do at Game of the Years as well where they have like, what, what's the best graphical di- direction? What's the best music? They have all different things. But the whole point of it is to give praise to these people because they've done something amazing, because they've created something or have or have acted something in a great way. And so people give praise and they give them accolades and for the accomplishments that they really had throughout the year with whatever game it is that they're talking about. And today, we're not going to be talking about praising video games. We're not going to talk about the game of the year or anything like that, even though we just did for a little bit. We're going to be talking specifically about praising Jesus. And like I said before, why do we praise him? And what in your life right now is hindering you from being able to give him praise? Someone once said, a great indictment against much of our praise is that it is mindless, We do not have anything specific in our minds that we praise God for, things that we have seen him do in our lives. Anyone who says, this is so important right here, anyone who says, praise the Lord, should be able to answer this question, praise him for what? And so that's the first thing we're going to talk about today is why praise Jesus. We're going to land in Luke chapter 19 today. Uh, we've been going through the book of Luke for a long time. We we started in Luke cha- Listen, Luke is the longest gospel, okay? It's a very long gospel. We've been in Luke for uh, several months now. I think it was like October or something like that that we started. We've been in Luke for several months we're only in chapter seven, but we're gonna we're gonna jump forward multiple chapters. We're gonna go light speed for a little bit, and we're gonna jump into chapter nineteen where the triumphal entry happens in the book of Luke. And so, Luke chapter nineteen, verses twenty-eight through 30, thirty-five. Starting here, let me read this for you guys. It says, "When he had said these things, talking about Jesus, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Beth and Bethany." At the place called Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and said, go into the village ahead of you. As you enter it, you will find a colt tied there on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say this, the Lord needs it. It was very customary in those days for people to lend out or to uh, rent out goats and uh, and 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 colts and and horses and things of that nature. Verse thirty-two. So those that were sent left and found it just as he told them. As they were untying the colt, the owner said to them, "Why are you untying the colt? The Lord needs it." They said. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their clothes on the colt, they helped Jesus get on it. I want to talk about three things here specifically in these verses that I see on why we should praise Jesus in the first place. Now, listen, there's not just three reasons to praise Jesus Christ, okay? There are a multitude of reasons that we would be here all day. All night, all week, we'd be here for a really long time if we were going to talk about all the reasons to praise Jesus. I can tell you all the reasons in my life too, but we're going to talk about three things specifically that I see here in these verses on why we should be praising Jesus Christ. The way that Jesus enters Jerusalem, it's really intentional. And the first thing that he shows here is humility. Jesus could, he could have had the triumphal entry look a lot different. He could have entered on something much grander or much larger than a colt. A colt was a sign of a couple of things, the first being humility. He could have been pulled or he could have rode in on a horse. He could have rode it on uh, on a chariot being pulled by horses. He could have even probably rode on a chariot that was being carried by people because that that was a thing that happens in that day and age. He could have entered with an army behind him but Jesus didn't come in with an army. He wasn't there to be at war with the Romans. He wasn't there to be at war with the Pharisees or, or, or really with anyone in the world. He came in humility and he came to bring peace. And when I say that, I know a lot of you are thinking that verse, well, he didn't come to bring peace. He be he came to bring division. Bring your sword. That's from a completely different context. We're talking about something else today. Okay. I, I, I know those verses, I get it as from something completely different. What he's talking about, though. He did bring peace. And that's the second reason we're going to talk about today on why to bring praise Jesus because he brings peace in our lives. You see, the cult that we talked about, yeah, it it, it represents humility. But it represents peace because it was customary for royalty, somebody who was a king or a prince or something of that nature, to ride in on a colt. If they were bringing peace to a place, they would ride on a colt there. If he rode on a horse, it would have signified that there was a war coming. It would have been a sign that he was coming for war. It was a much, much uh, more uh, direct approach to somebody. But instead, he rode in as the rightful king and the prince of peace. And finally, I really think that Jesus, as he rode in to Jerusalem, it was the display of one of the greatest love that we could ever imagine. One of the greatest significant love, Loves? I don't even know how you would say that. But it's an amazing amount of love that he showed for us by riding into Jerusalem. You see, Jesus at this point, he was a wanted man. In John chapter 11, verse 57, it states this. The chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that if anyone knew, if anyone knew where he was, he should report it so that they could arrest him. So if anyone knows where Jesus is, they have the ability to say, this is where Jesus is. We're going to report it to the Pharisees. And so Jesus, you would think he would be in hiding. He would keep to the shadows. He'd keep a hood up. He'd try to enter into the crown so he could go where he was going and try to hide from people. But instead of doing that, he boldly rides into Jerusalem. He rode in in the most public way possible. Nobody else was on a coat. It wasn't like he was trying to like hide himself. No, he was riding into Jerusalem and he knew exactly. He knew exactly what he was going towards. It wasn't like he didn't know what was about to happen. He knew that he was about to go into the temple and that he was going to cleanse it and show zeal for his father's house. He knew that one person who who has been following him for multiple years, for three years at this point, was about to betray him. He knew that he was literally riding to his own death as the cross was facing him. He knew what was about to happen, but he still did it anyways. He still did it because of you and because of me. It was a great amount of love that he was showing as he rode into Jerusalem. But I still think even without these things, even without anything, Jesus deserves all the praise just because of who he is. Jesus is God. He's the son of God. He's a part of the Trinity. Just because of who Jesus is, he deserves all of the praise. But I do think as humans, sometimes we need to remember these things and other things as well in our lives to be able to continually be praising him because sometimes it can be hard to praise Jesus. So my question for you today, and really a question I want you guys to ask yourself, what's stopping you from praising Jesus today? What's stopping you? I think that all of us go through circumstances in our lives, and it can turn our hearts from a heart of of praising him, a heart of praise, to a heart where it's kind of like stone, it, a heart where we feel like we have no hope, right? We talked about hope last week. We talked about hope and how it's that assurance that we have in Jesus, a heart that has no assurance. Or maybe we feel like praising his name is is useless. I've been there. It's a very dark time that I've been in my life, but where I felt like praising God, there's just no point in it. So what stops us? Maybe it's sin that you have in your life. That could go a couple of different ways, right? Maybe you're so entangled in sin right now that you don't even realize that you're not praising Jesus because of the things that you're going through right now. Maybe you just did something that you know you were not supposed to do, and so you feel kind of humiliated you 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 feel you feel so awful about what you did that you don't feel like you can get on your hands and knees before God and be able to praise him because you don't deserve to be able to do that you feel you feel embarrassed to praise God after something that you just did you feel shameful right we've been there what's stopping you today maybe it's physical health issues that's stopping you from praising Jesus I know a lot of you out there have physical health issues. Me, myself, I have multiple sclerosis, okay? You might not see it right now or anything like that, but when the weather is acting up and things like that, my left leg, it hurts, okay? My left knee really hurts. But the thing is, is through sometimes our physical health issues, in the problems that we face on a daily basis with our physical health, sometimes it's really hard to praise Jesus. Why would I praise Jesus when I'm in pain all the time? Why would I praise Jesus when I have to face this every single day? Why would I praise Jesus when I know that this person in my family is sick? Why would I praise Jesus during those times because my life isn't the way that I want it to be? I get that. We're human, that's our human nature. Why would I praise God if He's not going to? heal this. Why well, would I praise God for, during mental health struggles? Maybe you have mental health struggles, like depression, anxiety, things that are really hindering you. And I know that some of these things I'm talking about today, I know some of you are going through it. I know you are. I don't know exactly what you're going through. I don't know exactly how you feel. But I know for a fact that you're going through something today whether it be financial struggles, problems with your spouse, problem within your family, problems with your friends, whatever that looks like, sometimes that hinders you from being able to praise Jesus. However, sometimes it can be tough to make the distinction between thankfulness and praise because they're so closely intertwined together. But I want to tell you what praising God is. Praising God is praising him for his faithfulness. It's praising him for who he is. It's not just thanking him for who he is. It's not just thanking him for the blessings that he's put in my life. But even if you don't bless me, even if you don't answer my prayers, I'm still going to praise you for who you are. Because when I'm faithless, you continue to stay faithful. The fact that you are our rock. You sent your son, Jesus Christ, so that we could be saved. You are our salvation. You are our fortress. So no matter what's going on in my life, no matter what the circumstances are, I am going to praise you anyways, thanking him for the fact for his power and, and, and the might that he has and the various other things that he gives to us and shows us on a daily basis. So what do you do when you don't feel like praising God? when you don't feel like praising Jesus? This is going to be really hard to do, but I want to challenge you today. If this is a moment in your life right now that you're going through, the things that I've talked about with sin, physical health, uh, mental health issues, the finances, the spouse, whatever it is that you're going through in your life, the circumstances that you're going through, I'm going to challenge you that even when you don't feel like it, spend time with God every single day, spending time in his word, spending time in prayer and being in his presence. And so what I do want to do right now is I want to read for you uh, a chapter from Psalms, okay? Psalms one forty-seven. It's not going to be on the screen, but what I'm going to ask you to do during this time is to close your eyes. Whether you're in a good spot, whether you you want to praise Jesus right now, or maybe you don't want to, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to really reflect on these words because I do think that things like this helps. Psalm 147 says this. Hallelujah. How good it is to sing to our God for praise is pleasant and lovely. The Lord rebuilds Jerusalem. He gathers Israel's exiled people. He heals the broken hearted and bandages their wounds. He counts the number of the stars. He gives names to all of them. Our Lord is great, vast in power. His understanding is infinite. The Lord helps the oppressed, but brings the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Play the lyre to our God who covers the sky with clouds, prepares rain for the earth, and causes grass to grow on the hills. He provides the animals with their food and the young ravens what they cry for. He is not impressed by the strength of a horse. He does not value the power of a warrior. The Lord values those who fear him. Those who put their hope in his faithful love. Exalt the Lord Jerusalem. Praise your God, Zion, for he strengthens the bars of your city gates and blesses your children within you. He endows your territory with prosperity. He satisfies you with the finest wheat. He sends his command throughout the earth. His word runs swiftly. He spreads snow like wool. He scatters frost like ashes. He throws his hailstones like crumbs. Who can withstand his cold? He sends his word and melts them. He unleashes his winds and the water flows. He declares his word to Jacob, his statutes and judgments to Israel. He has not done this for every nation. They do not know his judgments. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What I want to encourage you to do today, if you don't feel like praising God, if you're in a moment where you don't want to praise him, I encourage you to open up your Bible, and I encourage you to read things like Psalm 147. Not just read it, though. Read it out loud. 147, 148, 149, 150, all of them are about praise. I read 150 during the prayer this morning. God was telling me this afternoon, He said, Hey, I want you to read this. We're just in the middle of prayer. And I was like, But we're praying. He's like, No, I want you to read this right now because it's about praising me. That's what it's all about. It's about praising him. Hey, if you're going through a bad time right now, one thing that my mom taught me a long time ago, she said, read Psalm eighty-eight, Psalm 77. And then Psalm 66, in that order, 88, 77, 66, super easy to remember. 88, David's going through depression. <laughs> I'll be completely, David had some issues, okay? He's going through some mad, bad times, all right? He's got his enemies surrounding. Him. He's said like, God, kill my enemies. God, do this. I am oppressed by this and that, and my enemies surround me, and I'm going to die. But then 77, is a bit of a different change in tune. Yeah, the enemies are around me, but God, you're you're still there for me. You're still powerful. And man, when you hit 66, let me tell you something. David has a completely different tone, okay? It's all about praise. It's all about what God has done for him. It's about what God can do and what he will do, and it's about The fact that he has power and might to do some miraculous things in your life. So, if you don't feel like praising God today, spend some time with him. Get on your hands and knees, open up your Bible, and start reading. Start praying and start praising his name. Even in the, I know it's not easy. It's easier said than done. It really is. I can sit here all day long and tell you to get on your hands and knees and praise God during the hardest circumstances in your life. Because listen, I've been through some pretty dark times where I did not feel like praising God. And it's unfortunate to say that in those times, I didn't always sit down on my hands and knees and praise God. I didn't. I'm not perfect. I'm not some superhuman being or anything like that. But over time, I start to realize that God continues to help me to get stronger and stronger and stronger in faith so that when I do do go through those hard times, I know for a fact that when I sit down, I spend some time with him and spend some time in his presence he's going to be there. He's going to help me. And I'm going to be able to praise his name and continue praising his name. And now finally, we're going to talk about the big, great part of this story, the triumphal entry, the triumphal entry. Let me read it for you guys. Listen, I, if I, I, I always like to put myself in the Bible, at, not as like a main character, you know, I don't care if I was like, you know, one of the disciples or something like that. I always want to just be kind of like a fly in the wall, right? A bystander, somebody that's just like sitting there and sees Jesus walking over to the boat and being able to understand what's happening with the disciples and in their lives. And so I would love to be there during a time like this. This seems like the greatest festivity party. I'm not a big party person. I'm a, I'm, I'm an introvert. Okay. Yeah. Put those palm branches in the chat. Okay. Let's put those palm branches in the chat because Jesus is about to ride in (laughs) Jerusalem. So Luke chapter 19, verse 36 through 40. It says, I've never been to a party where they have palm branches. They were laying out for somebody. This is cool stuff. All right. Here we go. Verse 36. As he was going along, they were spreading their clothes on the road. Now he came near the path down the Mount of Olives and the whole crowd, the whole crowd of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles they had seen. Get this. Verse 38 is so important here. Blessed is the king. Blessed. It's so good. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees from the crowd, I don't know how the Pharisees got to him. Hey, hey, pushing through the crowd and all the palm branches, they get over to him. And they say, teacher, rebuke your disciples. And Jesus looks at him and answers. I tell you, if they were, ooh, this is good stuff. If they were to keep silent, another miracle would happen. The stones would cry out, all right? As my old pastor used to say, the first rock concert would have happened, all right? I know it's a bad joke. It's a dad joke, all right? But literally, He says, if they were to keep silent, the stones would cry out. But I want to point something out here in verse 37, it says, the whole crowd of disciples began to praise God joyfully. It wasn't some of the crowd. It wasn't part of the crowd. It wasn't most of the people. The whole crowd began to praise God joyfully. I can guarantee you something that whether it was most people or each person in this crowd, they had some situation they were going through. They could have had some physical disease that they were going through at that time that was incurable by doctors. They could have been maybe, maybe somebody at their house. They were unable to be there during this great moment because of a sickness that overcame them. Maybe they were in debt with taxes, right? They're under Roman oppression, and taxes were high, and the tax collectors were taking more than what they were supposed to from them. Each one of these people had problems that they were facing, but the whole crowd began to praise God joyfully. I think we need to take note of that today. Listen, this crowd is excited, okay? For the, the book of John tells us that really right before this, he, they just saw a man being raised from the dead. They saw Lazarus being raised from the dead. We, they see that, and then they come here, and so they're saying they, they had a joyful uh, that they cry, cried joyfully with a loud voice for the miracles that they had seen. They knew that something different was happening. They knew that Jesus was something different, that they knew that the person in front of them, he wasn't just a man, he wasn't just a prophet, he wasn't just a good teacher. He was the Messiah, and they're calling him the king. They've realized Jesus, the the mess- I don't think you guys I, I, like I didn't I I sometimes still don't understand the impact. This is thousands of years worth of waiting. The Jews waited thousands of years for a promise that God had given them. They had 400 years of silence for generations and generations and generations. The Messiah is coming. The Messiah is coming. Who's the Messiah? Is it this person? No, it doesn't look like him. And now a promise is coming, and he's coming into Jerusalem. They didn't know what was about to happen. They didn't understand what was going on necessarily in that moment. But the promise that God had given was finally being seen. Continuing to praise God even when our circumstances aren't perfect. And they were able to do that in that moment. One other thing I do want to point out here is what the Pharisees noticed. They understood what the people were saying in verse 38. Remember that verse I told you to really hone in on, verse 38? They took notice that there, this was something in Scripture, only it was slightly different. Psalm 118.26 says this, He who comes in the name of the Lord is blessed. He who comes in the name of the Lord is blessed. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. Let me read verse 38 now one more time. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. It doesn't just say he who comes in the name of the Lord is blessed. No, it says blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. See, the Pharisees understood this. They felt threatened in this moment because there was something different. That was happening. There was a change in the belief that it wasn't just a rabbi, like I said. It not just a person that's performing some miracles. No, there's something different that's at stake here. Like I said, they didn't know what was coming. They didn't know what would take place less than a week later. They didn't know that Jesus was going to go, you know, spoiler alert. alert. They didn't know that Jesus was going to go to the cross. They didn't know that three days later he was going to be raised from the dead. But as Jesus entered Jerusalem, I think they started to understand and realize that the Messiah was here. And so they praised his name. So I want to encourage you today, no matter who you are, no matter what type of walk of life you come from, no matter what's going on, what circumstances you're going through. I want to encourage you and challenge you today to continue to praise Jesus. He deserves that praise. He deserves that praise. And so I want to give you an opportunity right now, those of you that don't know Jesus Christ, you've never had him in your heart. Listen, there might be some, maybe there, maybe there's a lot of people today that that are in here and you already know Jesus, and that's great, and that's and that's awesome. Maybe you're somebody who has you you realize you haven't been praising Jesus, you've been doing other things in your life, and you know you're not supposed to be doing those things, and so it's been really really difficult for you. Hey, I want to give you an opportunity to rededicate your life to to Jesus, all right? But I also want to give you guys who don't know Jesus Christ at all. Never accept him into your heart. I want to give you an opportunity to accept him for the first time. This is the gospel story right here. What we're talking about, right? He rides into Jerusalem. And then on that Friday, he goes to the cross for you as a sacrifice, a debt that I should have paid, a debt that we all should have paid because of the sin that's in our lives. Jesus did nothing wrong, but he went to the cross for you anyways. And then three days later, on that Sunday morning, he rose from the grave, showcasing that the grave could not hold him back, that sin could not keep him down. And he broke through that barrier so that one day if we accept him into our lives, that we can be with him for all of eternity. I want to tell you right now, you will never find fulfillment in this world. You will never find complete fulfillment in this world from what the world can give you. You will only be able to find that true complete fulfillment in life through Jesus Christ, and that's it. I promise you that. I'm not saying that everything's perfect. I'm not saying that you're not gonna have to pay taxes anymore. Pay your taxes. I'm not saying that you, you, you're never gonna get into fights with people. And a lot and, and most of the time, and I would probably say all the time, when you really become when you really become a true follower of Jesus Christ, life gets harder. But I will tell you this: it's more fulfilling than you could ever imagine. It's more fulfilling than you could ever imagine. So if you want to accept Jesus Christ for the first time into your life or even rededicate your life, what I would ask you to do is to repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, I come before you right now. I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died on the cross for me. And I believe that he rose from the dead. And right now, I accept your mercy, your grace, and your salvation. I commit my life to you. And Jesus, I ask that you would come live inside of me. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray, amen.
1: Amen. 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 Can we get some hearts and some hype in the chat for anybody that accepted the Lord as a as their Savior today? Honestly, we want to we, we want to do a, this walk with you. You can type in Salvationist Connects and find out your next steps. You know what a powerful message we got. We got to give God all the praise. I I love what He said there. If we don't praise Him, right? He said, "Here your first rock concert." I I thought that was a great joke. I loved it. But honestly, guys, praise Him today. You know, it might not look too good for you. You might be going through some situations. But I'm going to tell you right now, as we begin to praise, when we begin to cast those burdens, God, he moves. And there's nothing like it. Like Pastor Bob said, you'll never find fulfillment. You'll never be complete without your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, living um, um, as Lord of your life, as the center of your life. So, guys, can we get some hearts to for Pastor Bob? Pastor Bob, thank you for that powerful message. Amen. Honestly, and let's spam the... The, po- the palms and the chap are giving God the praise, all the honor, all the glory. And if you accept Him today, you know what? That's, it's, it's, it's a time to celebrate. It talks about uh, for everyone that accepts Christ, the, the angels rejoice and have there's a party going on right now. There's a party in chat. We want to praise God and we want to walk through this walk with you. Like I said, and you know, honestly, I never forget when I made God the Lord of my life and the the completeness and the and, and the joy that I feel. You know, yeah, like Pastor Bob said, it's not always gonna. Feel like, you know, you run into the daisies, you're gonna have hard times. But we have God with us every step of the way. And in those hard times, and in those situations, when we're broken, when we're hurting, those times that we can just lift up our hands and praise him. And he's always there for us. He's with us in the storm, with us through every situation. So I I, I appreciate everybody being here. Guys, you know, all this is made possible. Because we have have so many in here that they give and continue to give to God Squad Church. That's why we're able to continue to do this. That's what I want to talk about today is just, the, you know, if, if if you call God's of your church, you know, if, if you're first time here, you know, we don't want anything from you. You know, we want everything for you. But if, if you if, if you call this your church, you know, continue to sow, continue to um, honor God with the first fruit of your 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 your, your harvest. It says in the Bible, right? The Corinthians says this, each one must give what they decide in their heart, not reluctantly under or under compulsion for God loves a truthful giver. And it's always the attitude of the heart, right? It's not the mount is that to the heart and honestly all this is made possible we're able to continue to do this throughout the week we're able to continue to have full-time staff all because of faithful givers like like you we want to thank you for your generosity if you want to give today the there's a couple a couple of safe and secure ways that you can you type in estimation point give in chat you get you'll get a message there or you can check out the panels below and give through our paypal or you can go to our website GodSquadChurch.com and you can also give through there and set up a, a reoccurring gift um If you reside in the USA, you can text any amount to 84321. I just want once again, thank you for your generosity. Thank you for continuing to give all this made possible by, by your giving. We love you guys.